Exodus 14, 21. And Moses stretched down his hand upon the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind. Where we got our name from. All that night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. How many of you can say the Lord did that? He gave you a strong east wind and you were able to go through an impossible situation on dry ground, made a way where there seemed to be no way. What a great God we serve. Exodus 15, 22, now one chapter over, verse 22. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Mar, they could not drink of the waters of Mar, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Mar. means bitter. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? He cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance. And there he proved them and said, Thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and wilt do that which is right in his sight and wilt give ear to his commandments. Keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians for I am the Lord that healeth thee. What a great God we serve. I am the Lord that healeth thee. My subject this morning is simply after the wind. After the wind. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. The days and moments that led up to the Red Sea, children of Israel crossing the Red Sea, were nothing more than a staging ground for God to demonstrate his power. The Bible says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart to come after the children of Israel, even after he had given them permission to depart Egypt. What's interesting when you read this is at the same time, the Lord instructed Moses to have the children of Israel to camp so that it would appear to the Egyptian army that the Israelites were trapped. He literally told them where to camp, where it looked like they were hemmed in. And then God literally led the elite Egyptian army into an ambush. He allowed his people to camp in such a way to convince the Egyptians to go after them. And that somehow the children of Israel were vulnerable. God knows what he's doing. In fact, right now, it would not surprise me that the Lord has allowed the enemy to think that the church is trapped, that we are in trouble because of a virus. All the while, he is setting the stage for the greatest revival that the world has ever seen. Hallelujah. And if you don't have your ear to the ground, you can't see that. All you can see is the Red Sea. All you can see is the impossible situation. 
But if you can see God, you can see that God is the orchestrator of all events. Hallelujah. And he may make the enemy think that the enemy's going to win, but when it's all said and done, God is going to have the victory. Hallelujah. God's going to show his mighty arm of power. God's going to reveal that he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. All we've got to do is what the children of Israel did and go forward through the promises of God. The, the Lord accomplished many important victories with the Red Sea opening. First, I'll just share a couple with you. It was a lesson to the children of Israel that God can do the impossible. I, I think that God looks for places and spaces where he can show that he's the God of impossibilities. Sometimes when you get in a place where all of your options are gone, it doesn't mean that God's gone. It means that God wants you to look to him so that he can prove to you once again that he's the God of impossibilities. The next thing we see is that he accomplished his purpose of giving the children of Israel closure to the, what I call the Egyptian dilemma. And the dilemma that's, that uh, I'm just calling, for lack of a better term, the Egyptian dilemma is a dilemma that they faced where their will to fight had been taken from them after 400 years of slavery. The enemy of your soul wants to convince you that you could never live above sin, don't even fight it. The habits that you have are habits that you're always going to be stuck with. And don't let that East Wind Pentecostal church down there tell you that you can be delivered from it. That's the message. That's the narrative of the enemy of your soul. But you need to tell the devil, I am a believer in God. A God that can do all things. Oh, you got to get some fight back. You got to say, hey, I've been a slave to sin, but I'm not anymore. I've been bought by the blood of Jesus. I've been sanctified by his spirit. I've been buried in the waters. I know a God that can deliver. So Moses took the children of Israel down to the shores of the sea, and he had them look at the dead bodies of the Egyptian soldiers that were floating up there on the shore. And he, he went over there and said, I want you to look at their faces. And he said, this day forward, you will see their face no more. He was saying, for 400 years, you've been tormented by these faces. But from this day forward, we got more battles to fight. But this one is over. Can I tell you the day that God wants to give you closure to some things that have been haunting you your entire life? He's looking for a way to show you that you don't have to live any longer in that bondage. There may be other things you're going to face in the future, but that thing, whatever it is, is over. Oh, I feel an unction in the spirit of God, so I'm going to stay on this for just a second. It doesn't matter what you've been through in your past. I've got a God that said, I can deliver. I can make a way. You've been haunted. You have been under the curse of that all of your life. But those days are over. And Jesus Christ can make all things brand new. Finally, the purpose of getting a praise from the camp of Israel. It was going to be crucial for the children of Israel. If they were going to survive in that wilderness, they had to learn how to praise God. It had been a long time. They'd been under slavery and all. They'd been a long time, but they had to get their praise back. 
And they did, boy. They got their praise back. After they come through that Red Sea, Miriam, you know, who was Moses' sister, the Bible describes her here as a prophetess. The Bible says she got a tambourine and she got all the sisters singing and worshiping. I mean, they had a victory party. When you read some of this in chapter 15, they started singing things like, Sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. And the tambourines were going, and everybody was singing, Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Come on, sometimes you got to get your own song. He has become my song and my strength. There's times you got to get your own song and you got to say the Lord has been too good. He's blessed me. He's kept me. He's done too much for me to lose out now. My God is a great God. Thou sendest forth thy wrath which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as a heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. But thou, O God, didst blow with thy wind. The sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty water. Sometimes... You got to remind the devil that he's already been defeated. That he's got no control on your life. That he's not a God that can steal your joy. That he's not an entity that can steal your family. You got to make up in your mind. My God has delivered me. Sing about it. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Woo, hallelujah. But before the sound of praise was barely out of their mouths, somebody said, I need something to drink. My thermos bottle is empty. I used it all up crossing that dry ground. And then we had that worship service and the tambourine and everybody shouting and singing. And, Woo! My throat is parched. I need something to drink. Hey, Moses, where can we get some good water? Bottle is empty. I used it all up, and I need some fresh water. I can't drink the Red Sea. Are there any wells around here? Moses said, let's go out into the wilderness of Shur. I'm sure we'll find some water. The wilderness of Shur. I mean, they named it sure. Surely there's waters in the wilderness of sure. After three days, no water. Then they came to Mar and they thought, finally, we got water. But the water in Mar was so bitter they couldn't drink it. Cried out to Moses. He cried out to God. And the Lord said, throw the tree in the water. They did. And the water was made sweet. And God said, okay, this is the purpose. This is an object lesson. And here's what he said in verse 26. He said, if thou wilt diligently, now here we go. Now we got some conditions. If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, number one, and will do that which is right in his sight, 
number two, and will give ear to his commandments, number three, and will keep all of his statutes, number four. I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. The children of Israel had seen all those plagues of Egypt and they had been reminded that he was a God of great power, authority, and judgment. And he wanted them to know that he was a God that could also keep them from diseases. He's not just a God of plagues, he's a God that can keep you from plagues. So now here's the cycle you've got to follow because not only was he teaching the children of Israel this, but I believe by example he was teaching you I today in 2020. First comes the plagues, then comes the power of God. The plagues were in Egypt, the power of God is the Red Sea opening up. Then comes the praise, then comes the principle, then comes the promise. So you got this cycle, plagues, power, praise, principle, promise. Plagues, power, praise, principles, promise. And if you don't keep the promise, you go back to the plague. And there were times the children of Israel had to go back to the plagues because they lost sight of the promise. You and I can't lose sight of the promise. He's the God that healeth thee. He's the God that can make a way when there is no way. He's a God that's a, he's a friend that's digging closer than a brother. You can't lose sight of the promise. One day God's coming back for the church and we're going to be called away to be with him in the air. Don't lose sight of the promise. So God was giving the children of Israel, by way of example, a revelation on how to break the cycle. He had orchestrated the plagues. He had orchestrated the power. The praise was up to the children of Israel. And the only thing that they got wrong about the praise part, they had the right song, but they sang it on the wrong side. Praise should be on the front side of the Red Sea, not on the back side of the Red Sea. When you get to a problem, praise your way out of it. Don't wait and say, well, God, if you'll do a great work, then I'll give you some praise. You go ahead and begin to praise God before you see the evidence. You got to go ahead and say, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I'm going to go ahead and praise you. You're going to heal my body. I'm going to go ahead and praise you. You're going to save my husband. I'm going to go ahead and praise you. You're going to bring my son back. You got to go ahead and praise him in advance. So we got to get the order right. Plagues, praise, power. You got it? Plagues, praise, power. And then after the power comes the principle and the promise, the statute and the substance. And that's what I want to focus on today. What happens after the power of God? What happens after the wind? What happens after God has done the incredible work? When the east wind blows, God shows his mighty hand of power. God heals your child. God delivers you from addictions of the flesh. What happens then? Can I tell you that many times the water is bitter? The battle that follows the blessing 
is real and can oftentimes bring us to a place of crisis. So let's see what the Bible says on how you and I can get a revelation of dealing with what happens after the wind. In both cases, the water was the issue. One was the Red Sea, and then the bitter waters of Mara. Before the Red Sea crossing, the problem was that they could not see their way out. It, it, it was a, a large, immovable, uncrossable body of water. It was a very visible obstacle. But the bitter waters at Mara were a problem that was not visible on the surface. It was an internal problem. While the Red Sea was a big visible issue, the bitter waters of Mara was an internal invisible problem. God was telling the children of Israel and he's telling us today, I can take care of the big stuff. I can take care of the impossible. I can do what you can't do for yourself. But you have to take care of the internal issues. It's one thing for the waters of the Red Sea to recoil and draw back. It's another thing for the waters of Mara to be cleansed. And only you can take care of the matters of the heart. Only you can decide if you're going to hold a bitter spirit. So I ask you today, are you going to keep a bitter spirit? Or after you've gone through the waters, and after you have been through the fiery trials, and those bitter losses and disappointments, are you going to put the cross of Calvary in those waters and let the wounds become testimonies and the pain become a praise? Because the children of Israel didn't have to do anything for the Red Sea to open. God did that by himself and all they did was go forward. You and I can't have to do anything about Calvary. God's already given us the victory. We don't have to do anything for Calvary to already be done. Those waters have already opened up. But now it's up to you and I. We're going to have to do something if we're going to make it in this life. If we're going to be able to sustain our salvation. we got to protect and guard our spirit and our heart but I've got good news for you the same God that brought us salvation is the same God that can keep us that can sustain us after the wind comes the will the human will after the crossing comes the choice, the human choice. Who are you going to serve? Can you walk with me in the wilderness? We started this year off with the change to our name to East Wind. Do you remember that? Does it seem like a lifetime ago? January, you remember? We've been first Pentecostal church all these years. Now we're going to be East Wind. We got our name from there. We talked about how... We want to relate to that east wind that blows the power of God to open up the Red Sea. And then we saw where the east wind 
in Psalms that says the east wind came and blew in the man, and that's our, that's our provision. He's not only a God of power, he's a God of provision. And we saw where children of Israel moved out of Egypt, went east, and that's our promise that he's coming in the eastern sky. And so we said, we're east wind. You remember we, got, we come out there and Odin did the whole sign? You remember all that? East wind, we celebrate all that, rebranded everything. Had to get new east wind envelopes, new east wind pens, new east wind mats. New east wind on the vans. East wind, east wind, east wind. Oh, we were so excited. We're going to have a, a harvest of 500 souls this year. Oh, we were riding the mighty winds of God's power. And two months later, the bitter waters of COVID-19. Say what? My dad's 85 years young. He said, I've never seen anything like this. Having a shut down church, we're trying to figure out how in the world we're going. We were forced to walk in the wilderness of unsure. We should have just called it sure because God's the same no matter what. So it really is the wilderness of sure. Even though we were unsure how to have church, where to have church, when to have church. We had it online for a couple of weeks. In April, we did all them drive-in services and we're honking the horns, worshiping God. And then we come back at the beginning of May and try to have some church. And then Florida has an uptick and we have to slow things down. And now we're trying to figure out how to go forward with this new normal and protocol and safety and mask and, and all this. And we'll probably have to keep on doing it until they get a vaccination. But I've got news for you. God is the same God. Hallelujah. That brought us through the Red Sea. He's the same God that we ride the power of the east wind. He's the same God that can turn bitter waters into Sweet waters, and I don't know what you may be going through, but I've come to tell you the same God that delivered you from sin, the same God that delivered you from the addictions of your flesh, is the same God that said, I can take the bitter moments, the bitter losses, the bitter disappointments, and make them sweet. Oh, we had to dig deep, but we coming out with a promise. I said, we coming out with a promise for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Come on. Somebody's got to dig deep. And you got to say, I'm going to get a hold of some of the promises in God's word. And I'm going to say, those are for me. Though I've tasted some bitter waters. Though I've gone through some disappointing times. I, I still believe, hallelujah, that God is going to keep me. I wasn't expecting that report from the doctor. I wasn't expecting that report from my job. But guess what? He's still God. He's He's still on the throne. He's still the mighty one. Hallelujah. And after the wind, he's still God. Mm. Give me five more minutes. And they came to Elam, where were 12 wells of water and three score. That's 60 and 10. That's 70 palm trees. 12 wells and 70 palm trees. 
My God, that sounds like Palm Bay. You say, well, Pastor, I understand the palm trees, but the wells, if you got a sprinkler system, you got a well. We don't have to go very far to get to the well. Come on, we're only three feet above sea level. You can dig a hole for your mailbox and hit water. We're surrounded by water. We're surrounded by palm trees. They had to pick up their tents and their stakes uh, and they had to go camp where there were waters. Uh, I don't know about you, uh, but I choose to move my camp uh, to the palm trees of praise. Uh, I choose to camp uh, by the wells of promise. Uh, you got to get a new perspective. You got to get a new attitude. God's been too good to me. Uh, I just got to realize uh, I've got to camp where God is blessed. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody. You've been sad long enough. You've been bitter long enough. There's a God that said, come on. I got wells in Elam. Somebody got to make up their mind. I'm not going to die in these bitter waters of disappointment. I'm changing my residence. I'll give you some other more examples of this same principle. David fought Goliath. That was a huge, visible victory. But then he had to fight the bitter jealousy of King Saul behind closed doors. Everybody saw the great visible victory of Goliath the Philistine being destroyed. But King Saul, that was bitter waters. David found that that giant was even bigger than Goliath. It's not the big battles that take you out. It's the small battles. Battles of loss and fear and hurt. Nobody sees. God sees. And God knows. And God said, come on, put Calvary in the middle of it, and I'll make them sweet water. It's the battles behind closed doors that destroy the most. But I've come to preach to somebody that the same God that brought you over the Red Sea is the same God that wants to turn bitter waters into sweet waters. Elijah won the big visible victory on Mount Carmel. When he challenged the prophets of Baal and he called fire down from heaven. But he almost didn't make it past the bitter waters of Jezebel's hatred of righteousness. Uh, oh, you got to make up in your mind. Uh, i got a God uh, that's going to keep me. Uh, I've got a God uh, that's going to bless me. He is a mighty God and there is none that is like unto him. Uh, oh, when he got discouraged, what did he do? Uh, he had to go uh, and he had to learn uh, that he's the God that can still speak uh, after the big visible victory. He hid in a cave, and the Bible said the Lord sent thunder, and he sent lightning and the wind. But when it was all over, there was a still, small voice. A still, small voice. I still feel like God is hearing our praise. But he's wanting us to listen to the still, small voice. That voice is speaking, maybe even in your home, 
maybe apart from the rest of the family of believers. But that still small voice is still speaking. Saying, I've got fresh waters for you. I've got an Elam for you. I've got palm trees and a fresh breeze. He's the God after the wind. Majesty of the resurrection is what dominated the headlines around Jerusalem. But it was the quiet morning on the banks of the Mediterranean Sea as Jesus cooked fish for the disciples and ministered to Peter by saying, Peter, lovest thou me more than these? He was saying, Peter, I know you. You're going to have to guard your heart. You got to love people regardless of what they do to you. It's your biggest battle. You're not afraid. You're not afraid to fight anybody with that sword. But you got to win the small battles, the little foxes. That's what the Bible says. It's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the bitter waters, Mara. Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my sheep. Peter, lovest thou me? Yes, Lord, you've already asked me that. Feed my sheep. What are you saying, Lord? I'm saying, I don't win battles of disappointment. Nobody on this planet is immune from disappointment. What happens after the crowd leaves? What happens when no one else is around? It's those moments that make you or break you. Jesus was saying to Peter, after it's all said and done, the lights go down and the crowds dissipate. Lovest thou me more than thee? I hear God asking his church this right now. Lovest thou me more than these? More than everything else in your life. They gathered in the upper room. They prayed. The power of God fell. There was the sound of a mighty Russian mighty wind. It filled the place. They all received the Holy Ghost. 120, everybody in the upper room. They spoke in tongue. Peter preaches with an anointing and a boldness. And 3,000 people are added to the church that day. I imagine that night Peter could barely sleep. He was so excited. He told stories all night to John. Oh, did you see when that one got the Holy Ghost? Did you see when that one from Pontus and that one from Asia and the dwellers of Mesopotamia? Did you just see when, when they and lifted their hands and started speaking in Hebrew? Can you believe all of this that was going on? Did you see that one that was healed? Oh, John I mean nobody could sleep none of the disciples could sleep because Peter was so excited about the mighty wind of revival but the next day they went to the temple at the hour of prayer they were arrested by the temple guard they're moving now from power to promise when you move from power to promise You've got to have a proclamation in your mouth. You've got to have a determination in your soul. Because power, you can live in the moment. But promise requires faith in the word. Faith in the relationship that you have with God. And when they called them before the Sanhedrin, after putting them in prison, they tried to intimidate them and they tried to 
They, the Bible said they threatened them again more than once. Here's what happens. The Bible says in Acts chapter 3 and verse 19 that Peter and John answered, and here's what they said. Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto men or more than unto God, judge ye. In other words, you're going to have to determine all the situational ethics of this. But here's what we know. Verse 20. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. You're going to have to determine what you're going to do with it all. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to keep on proclaiming that Jesus is your king. Well, you got to make up in your mind when the lights are down and nobody else is around and the family of believers of Eastwind are not there to encourage you and you're facing adversity and you're facing loneliness and you got a question in your heart and in your faith. you got to step up to the plate and say, here's what I do know. I've seen too much. I've heard too much. He's done so much for me. I cannot tell it all. Here's all I know. God is real. God is alive. God is a way maker. And one of these days, he's coming back for me. Do what you will. I don't know what's going to happen to this country. I don't know what's going to happen to this planet. And here's what I do know. Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And his reign is not in trouble. He is a God that sits upon the circle of the earth. He's given you and I a promise. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. That's what I'm hanging on to. I've seen the power, but I'm going to see it again. But until then, I got a promise and I got a praise. I got a promise. He is the one that healeth me. I got a praise. He's already conquered the enemy. Stand to your feet. Ooh, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. Mm. Bitter waters of Peter fighting were gone. He had made peace with a God that guides you in dark places. You and I, we've had some great victories, but now God is calling us to make peace with those quiet moments, silent struggles. Yes, he's the God of the wind. He's also the God of your worries, fears. He wants to speak. Just to speak into your heart today. I've asked Sister Lisa and our praise team to sing that song one more time that I believe God ordained for this service. Just want to be with you. Just want to be with you. I wonder if you would tune your ear toward heaven. You could hear God speak to you. In that still small voice, just want to be with you. Just want to be with you. In the glory, Jesus. Give me 
Yes, Lord. 